0: Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, another podcast here. We're gonna do a. We're gonna go back to kind of the old way we've done some podca- a lot of podcasts in the past. Um, I've been, I've been doing my best with questions, um, trying to answer questions. One of the best ways that we have found, um, that I have found to be able to do this is um, through our training library. I am. I don't want to brag at all. I don't want this to sound like I'm bragging, but. I've made a made a real point of making sure that I check the email daily um, for the training member, um, for the training library members. They, as a member, you get direct a direct email to me, um, for training questions. And so my focus has been, and I've I've I feel like I've done pretty good. I, I missed a few early on because I just wasn't in the habit of checking it. Um, it's just just Ben has it set up for me pretty well, but I just didn't have the routine of going to that app and checking that, that email address. So um, I've gotten pretty good at it. I've gotten pretty quick with my responses and I'm making a real point of doing that. So I want to thank those who are um, a part of that training library, A, for being a member, but also for um, the patience with me early on. And, and the, the next part of that is you know for using it. I really think that it's something that brings value to our members um, to be able to get that kind of connection with me directly. Unfortunately, through social media, it's just been really, really challenging for me to be able to keep up. And I've you guys have heard that already. So you understand, I think most people understand where I'm coming from. But we have done historically a lot of podcast episodes that are driven off of folks' questions. And I think the reason um, those are, are, when Ben looks at analytics on, on podcast downloads and things like that, those are always really high up um, on our, ranking-wise for us. And I think it's because it's relatable. It's very much, um, it it literally is coming from a follower and I'm giving you my advice. And so, and again, it's advice. So the hard part about it is, is it's not interactive. Um, we did do a, we have done them in the past and Ben's going to be posting one on our YouTube channel pretty quick. I did a interactive one where it was like a zoom call with, with an individual that actually had come. It was a couple that had come to our workshop. Um, in the past, they had, they had gone home and were having some issues with their dog and, called about it and i set it up and we did it a zoom and we filmed it and recorded it and ben's going to post it on our youtube channel that's a little bit different those people are are obviously we've developed a relationship through them attending the workshops and i just felt like it was something that i thought we could help them with and i think by sharing it i think it'll help other people so it's a it's another level of what we're doing here in this podcast this podcast is a one-way talk stream which there's value in that um two-way talk streams are, I, I think are more valuable. And so when you have, because it, because I can find out more about the situation, I can give better feedback based on what I learn in the conversation. Um, sometimes there's misinterpretation when it comes to reading stuff. So, but I still think they're pretty good. And based on the, what we hear from you guys, I think that that is received that way too. So I'm going to do it a little bit um, different in that Two of these things. Two. I'm going to read you a few of these, and then give you some some feedback on it. It's not necessarily going to be direct response to the to the individual and the individual's question, although some of it might be. It's more going to be about a th- common theme that I'm seeing, and uh, the theme that I'm seeing in a lot of um, folks from a question standpoint. And I don't know if it's just a timing thing of there's a lot of dogs that are hitting a certain age at a certain time or what, but. I'm seeing a lot of struggles for people that are having puppies that are in the, I'm gonna say 12 to 15 week old range. So they're not tiny little puppies anymore. They're not dogs by any means, but I think what often happens is, is like physically they start to develop. So let's say it's 12 weeks. That means you probably had it for a month. If you got it somewhere between seven and eight weeks old, which is typical for most puppies, you've had it about a month, four weeks. If you go up to 15 or 16 weeks, you might've had it for two months. So a lot changes, and and when you put that into relative terms, the puppy's eight weeks old or two months old when you get it. By this time, it's three months old and maybe four months old. It's doubled in its age. like Percentage-wise, it's big in relative terms. Uh, Physically, it's big in relative terms. They grow so fast. They become so mobile. They become so different. Um, And I think that, that throws people off, especially... I, I don't know this for a fact, but of the people that I'm responding to, I would have guessed that they probably haven't had a lot of dogs. So maybe this is for people more so that are on their first dog or their first um, few dogs because, and maybe it's been a while since you had a puppy. It's something that I don't relate to very often or think about very often because I don't run into it myself. Um, I don't hear about it from my close friends because they don't run into it. And I think the reason is, is because... I used, I'm, I'm through that part of my journey. Uh, I understand the importance of these first four, six, eight, 12 weeks of age with these puppies. A lot of the folks that I'm in connection with and myself, we've had enough dogs that we understand the importance and the, the value of those, those chunks of windows of time that are early on four, six, eight weeks, 10, 12 weeks, first couple months of having the puppy how important it is, A, to avoid the, the issues in the first place, because it's much easier to avoid issues than it is to fix them. I'm always a big believer in the idea of don't treat symptoms. Instead, avoid the sickness altogether. Avoid that illness. And so, but you can't do that if you haven't had a whole bunch of them. So I understand. I'm not faulting you. What I think people need to understand is that going forward, learn from it. But I also think that the other thing that people need to start thinking about is, the idea that training changes how you train and raise this puppy is going to change. And so I, I think a lot of the issue that I'm reading, and I'm going to read a few of these to give you some more context to it, but I think a lot of it is, is folks are in and, and almost every one of these videos or, or questions, they make a comment of, I'm, I'm listening to the podcast and got so much out of the podcast or I've got the li- I'm a part of the library and I'm getting all these videos. I watched your puppy video. I watched your foundation video. I'm on the good stuff. Like to me that is great because I know that they're not just starting. They've they've dug into this. I think what the problem is is they've dug into it only as they as far as they can see in their vision of future. And so when you pick up the 8-week-old puppy, you're a long way away from making sizable, you know, challenging setups with your dog. You're let, let's say you're let's say you have aspirations to have a shed dog. When you have an 8-week-old puppy, you realize quickly how far away you are from shed hunting with them, from picking up a big antler, from picking up an elk antler. Like you're a long ways away from it. When you're developing a gun dog, you realize how far away from going to the swamp or the marsh or the woods or the field you are when you've got that eight, 10, 12 week old puppy, you're not even, it's not even on your, it becomes, it goes off of your radar very quickly because you go, man, I'm a long ways away from that. You don't name anything that you're doing, tracking dog, anything that you're doing with these puppies, you're a long ways away from the end goal and you realize it when you get them home and you realize like, I'm just trying to keep them from having accidents. I take them outside and I can't even get them to leave my heels. I, you know, I can't put them on a lead because they're too small and they won't even fit around their neck. Like their, the retrieve part is if I throw it more than 10 feet away, they don't even see it because their eyes aren't that good. Like you just, you very quickly realize like, man, you're a long ways away from what you think you want to be at. So I think what we do is we start realizing that and accepting that, which is great. Take advantage of what they give you. Take what they give you. That's the line I've been using a lot realize what you don't know is going to, you don't, what you're not realizing is that's going to change and it's going to change pretty quickly. And what he- ends up happening is I think we become kind of lulled into this idea of, well, I got a lot of time. I got to, I, I, I don't have to do much stuff because the dog can't do much stuff. That's true, but you have to be moving. You can't be standing still because if you're standing still, you'll fall down. You have to be in motion. And so the idea is, When you start working down the road with your dog, you start to change based on how they change. So here's, I'm gonna read one to you. Uh, Let's see. Hey, we got our pup. We had him since Saturday. Saturday. He's just turned nine weeks old. Now this is August 2nd, okay? So, So they got a puppy that was very, very little. Just got their puppy. Had him since he, had him since Saturday. This is I don't know what day this was, but he just turned nine weeks old. Listen to a decent amount of your stuff, and have been trying to follow a pretty good schedule and pattern. He's in a crate while eat while we eat, and then I get him out, and he eats about six to six thirty. Then we usually try to get some exercise in and have some. In, started introducing him to things like place. Sorry for being long-winded, but my question is, what do you do in the dead time when, when there's maybe an hour before he goes down to bed? Appreciate and thanks for, thanks for your content. Now, I didn't respond to that I got because it was an Instagram. I ended up getting another message from him today, which brought that one back up. It says, hello, I'm contemplating writing these messages because I know how busy you are, and often I continue to dig around and find the answers a lot in your content. With that being said, I've made a couple mistakes with my puppy, who's now 15 weeks old. So far that I so far that I thought I would try to get your opinion on changing or correcting. First, I allow him to hang out with me when I've been working in the yard. We have an acre and a half in town and our neighbors are close on both sides. He started the habit of going over the neighbor's driveways to explore and often finds mulch to chew on. Once he has his mindset on on finding something to chew, his recall is out the window. He's begun to transfer over the bathroom time where he wants to wander off and is very distracted, taking forever to go to the bathroom. I'm no longer allowing him to hang out while doing things in the yard. Not sure if I should leash him at bathroom time or if until I get recall under control or what. Sorry for the long message, I understand. If you can't get to it, love the products and all you do. Heel on lead, place training and sit with remote sit while feeding are going very well. So this is, the reason I picked this one is because it's, again, it's that 15 week window. So at nine weeks, he was a lot different than he is now at 15 weeks. And so your ch- so the answer, my, I'll go right to the answer. Yeah, put him on a lead. Like if you got a dog that starts to run off, starts to get distracted to the point where recall goes away, set him up for success. You can't not take him outside. You got to take him outside. So take him outside and have the ability to have the control. So that's just, that's a very simple thing. But what needs to, ha- what the hard part for some people to realize, like you had to, you're asking me, should I put him on a leash at bathroom time? To get them under control with the distractions or what? Now, I don't fault you for sending me this message. It tells me I, I, I have a feeling, like I said before, you probably don't have a ton of dogs, haven't had a ton of dogs. But I think what I like about this is you know the answer. Do it. And, and so what I think people have to realize is they don't need permission to try something with their dog. I think we need to go back to like a lot of common sense stuff. And you already have it. You knew the answer, but you're, you're, so, you're lacking so much confidence and probably because you don't have a lot of experience, which that, that's fine. But the idea of things were going well for you for the last six weeks until the dog changed. And now that the dog is changing, you need to change. And I'm going to read you this one. Um, Hey, Jeremy, I spoke with you a couple of years back on a shed puppy. I'm finally getting one on, on the 30th. I'm super pumped to start training. I have two questions for you. One is important. The other is not. I'll read the important one. I take a layoff for the month of November so I can deer hunt with my fam- on my family farm in Illinois. So I'll be able to work with him a lot since I'll be with him. I'll bring him with me. I unfortunately work the month of October, my mom and some co-workers will be letting him go out bathroom, feed him while I'm at work. Is it super important for them to start working with him while I'm at work for that month? I mean, only I'll only be gone eight hours a day and then I'll be back to pick him back up. I just won't fully be able to be with him all day and do a lot of training with him. Or do you recommend having certain things only while I'm at work and then I can continue to do my training when I get home? I hope that made sense because I'm just rambling on. Here's the thing. You're looking at this thing like it's a, like it's a puzzle of some sort that you just can, um, you know, when you're not working on it, you just set it aside and then pick it back up Uh, because that dog doesn't care what months you are or aren't working. He's going to develop and he's going to get a month older, whether you are or aren't working. He's going to get a month older, whether you're training or not training on with certain things. So I don't think you can look at this thing like it's a um, like it's a, a project that you just can quit on and it's just going to sit idle for you until you decide you're able to pick it back up. So I would have zero concern with the idea. I work every month of the year, unfortunately. Um, most people do. So I think it's great that you're off in November, but let's be honest. If you're off in November, you're not going to be training the dog. You're going to be deer hunting. So no different than you're working, you're going to be deer hunting. Now, will you have a little bit more free time and flexibility? Probably, but I bet you, um, if it, what I would say is that month of October, when mom and coworkers are, are helping you out with them, the nice part is, is it's a month earlier and I don't know exactly when you're getting this puppy getting it on September 30th. So that's right before So it's probably eight weeks old. So from eight weeks old to 12 weeks old is that window of time. Now, what did I just say about this thing in the very beginning? I said, boy, the importance of those first four, six, eight, ten, twelve weeks are just so important. So they're a lot. Of, they're very important, but they're probably the easiest four weeks with the exception of, well, I shouldn't say that. They are the easiest as long as you get a grasp on routine and schedule. So those first four weeks, i if you watch some of the stuff that I do with puppies for the first four weeks, it's not a whole heck of a lot. But the stuff that I do, we do it really well. And so... I'm not gonna allow bad habits to develop in that four months. So you are only gone for work, which is the same as like 90% or more of the rest of the world. We all go to work during the day. The puppy, the nice part about the puppy is they're gonna sleep a lot of the day. So what I would do is I'd I'd start focusing on figuring out the routine with my mom and the coworkers to say, okay, my objectives are gonna be no accidents in the house, my objections are gonna be not to just let the dog do whatever it wants and free run. So there's gonna be structure, place training, kennel training, like into a crate, going outside, doing its thing, getting a little bit of controlled exercise, which at that point you probably are short of the time period where the dog's gonna run away, like the last guy I read about. You're not gonna probably see that. You wanna make sure that. I'm gonna read about another one that's talking about some recall work here. I'm going to, That's my next question that I'm gonna read. I'd be working on some of that stuff. So in that puppy video of ours, all of that stuff, I don't think you just say, well, I'll start that in November because you're going to have four weeks of potentially bad habits that form. But I also think you, when you get to November, the dog's going to be 12 weeks old, not eight weeks old anymore. So you're not going to look at it and go, well, I got to start at four weeks later than what I normally would because it's November and the dog is that age. No, you're going to, I'd look at it as September 30th is day one and there's never an ending to the training. So by October 1, I hope you, or by by October 30th, if you're getting them September 30th, by October 30th, I hope you're a little bit further down the road. By November 1st, you pick up and you got a little bit, you're going to have a different schedule, a different routine. But then by November 30th, I hope you're a little bit further down the road. My point with this is, is if you don't break it down into like compartmentalized months. Oh, we do this for the four weeks and we do this for the four weeks and then we do this for the four weeks. And if we take a four weeks off, we just don't do that. Or are we going to fall behind or no, we just don't look at it that way. I think you could, I think you would have to look at that. You could look at it that way if you were sending the dog off to a trainer because the trainers oftentimes, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but the trainers oftentimes are going to say, send it to me for four weeks and I'll do this, 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 and this. I would never say that to you. I couldn't say that to you because I just don't know the dog. I don't know how the dog's going to respond and react. I don't know how we're going to progress. So I think you can approach your training similar to how I approach my training. We're going to start on September 30th and we're going to start moving forward. And the dog is oftentimes going to dictate the tempo and pace at which we go forward and backwards because sometimes we're going to run into things and we're going to have to go backwards a little bit. But we're going to constantly be working to avoid the the undesirable, and start to shape the desirable. So now I'm going to read you. These ones are off of our. Um, I'm going to read you this one, which is off of our library. It says my pup settling great over the past couple of days. His training is excellent during feeding times. I've just been doing sit constantly, and I have him sit and and wait as I walk away and set his food down and send him. I can easily get him to change his behavior if behaves, if he behaves how I don't want when we are feeding. This struggle I am now having is he almost completely ignores me during other times and likes to wander off outside and play keep away. When he keeps getting excited to, he throws temper tantrums and barks at my feet. I'm unsure on where to proceed with this. And if I, maybe he is just testing me to see where he stands. I want to keep things fun, but I also want him to respect me. I've tried holding him and he is very calm. And when I also held him upside down and he just lays there. But I've never seen him look up at me and lick his lips or bow his head like I've heard you talk about in your videos. I know I got a little all over the place with this, just trying to give you an idea of our life. He's 15 weeks old today. Ta-da, we're at 15 weeks again. So here, here's the thing on this one. He was a little bit all over the place. And so I'm looking at it this way and I'm going, it sounds like he's using his feeding times, which is good. Uh, that's fine, guys. At 15 weeks old, I'm usually done and past that. Like, I don't do the feeding time stuff with my dogs by that time they're that age because we've got it. I've got the value. I've got most of the value out of it. Now, at the same time, like I used feeding times with seven-month-old puppies just this last week. And if you watch our Instagram, you you would have seen that. I was teaching the dog to go in and out of the dog hide um, like a blind. So. My dogs, I was talking with a buddy. He was having a hard time getting his dog to work out of a blind well. So I thought, well, I'm going to, I haven't done that with these puppies yet. We're not hunting them yet, but I'm, I'm not going to wait until we start hunting to start teaching them to come in and out of the dog blind. So I used the feeding times and I fed them in and out of the dog blind. And then I, I haven't posted this yet, but I started, and then I transitioned to making tennis ball retrieves out of the dog blind. And I'm working two puppies together at seven months old. So you'll see, if you are on Instagram, you'll see that, um, I think I posted the feeding one on a regular feed. I know I did it in our story. If not, I'll put it on the feed and then I'll connect it um, behind with our video out of the blind for the tennis balls. Cause it's really a transitional thing. I started it with feeding and got them comfortable going in and out and liking the blind, the little dog hide. And then I transitioned it to making some retrieves out of it. So that's just, that was just my progression. I used feeding times to do that. I used feeding times to initially teach some steadiness and patience and quietness. And and that sounds like what you've been doing, but by for seven weeks of that, you don't need to probably do it anymore. What you need to do is be transitioning that behavior to non-feeding times and understanding that that behavior carries over without the food. So, and I don't know if you have or haven't been doing that. This is the part where we don't get the interaction, but let's go. So that part you established. Now you're saying the struggle is that he almost completely ignores me at other times. That has nothing to do with feeding. That has lack of, that's a lack of respect. So At 15 weeks old, something has changed from 8 weeks, 9 weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, wherever. At some point, and you probably didn't even recognize it, at some point, the dog started giving you clues that you're just not that valuable or respected anymore, and I'm going to do my own thing. And now at 15 weeks old, it's gotten so bad, dogs barking at you, throwing temper tantrums, and now you're going, oh my God, throw I got an issue. No, you had an issue probably for weeks. You just didn't see it, and you missed that. So... That's the stuff you gotta be on the lookout for. So now you look at it and you go, okay, well, now you gotta correct something. Now you gotta fix something. You gotta fix the habit that was formed that probably should have never been formed in the first place, but was formed because you didn't see and be able to read the clues that led up to it. So the answer is very simple to this idea of them testing. They are testing you. No problem, no, no doubt about it. What I would do is I would start working on the things that they don't do well, which sounds to me like recall is one of them. So don't let the dog, don't take the dog out in the yard and give it the freedom. No different than the first person I think that I read the question from was going off and eating mulch at the neighbor's house. Put the dog on a lead. The dog's behavior has changed. Your behavior needs to change. And your behavior needs to change to, to predicate the right direction for this dog. Steer it in the right direction, which means take away its ability to fail, which means put it on a lead. Now, some people are going to listen to this and they're going to go, I didn't get a dog to have to put it on a lead all the time. I love the the picture of the dog running through the valley and chasing through the field and running through the woods and going for walks in the mountains and hiking and biking and playing on the beach and all that pretty stuff. Yeah, me too. But guess what? Every dog I have has gone through parts of their life where they've decided they're going to test me. They're going to push things. They're going to I didn't do a good job of laying the foundation and now I I start to see the things start to tip over. So what do I have to do? I have to be proactive and start shoring things up, which means take steps back, take away some of those freedoms until the dog has earned them, which means putting the dog on lead is not forever. It's until you change the direction of the behavior path that the dog is taking. Some things have to be uncomfortable, and not fun in order to get to the good stuff. It's not forever. It's until you can get the change. So I, I I put that out there because I think a lot of people get to that point where I say, well, put the dog on a lead, and they go, no, I'm, I'm, an, I'm done with this because I'm not going there. And then they pull their hair out because they're not willing to be the adult in the situation. They're not willing to put the work in. They're not willing to say... This isn't exactly how I want to do it, but I'm going to do it for a while until I change it into and put it down the right path. Like some stuff sucks in life, but in order to get the good stuff, we have to go through the suck. We have to go through the stuff that isn't good in order to get to the good. And so it I, what I don't want to do is I don't want to discourage someone from saying like, oh man, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't why I bought a dog. Well, the only people that are saying that would be saying that are the people that are on their first dogs or their first few dogs. And they're the ones that are having this problem. They're the ones who probably are the ones who set this whole thing up to be having the issue in the first place. Let me read the second one. Hey, Jeremy, I hope you're having a nice Labor Day. I've run into some challenges and need some guidance. Goose is 14 weeks old. We've built a good bond. I've had him alone... I've had him alone since I picked him up at the end of July. I've been using the foundation series to good effect. He has settled in. He sits, stays, comes as progressed without any problems. Crate training is no problem. He sleeps through the night. Heel and whistle are sit are also developing well. He's steady to the tossed ball and I incorporate denials when I do give him a retrieve. I'm sticking with the place training, which is also coming along. I know it will take some time and focus, but based on your videos and demonstrations, so far so good. Here's my challenge. Now my wife, Kathy, is home, and she's up at the cabin most of the summer. She's been taking him off leash walks in the woods. That's part of our deal, and I can't change that. Keeping him off sticks is a struggle. If I'm not with her, she's not vigilant about stopping him. When I have him on lead, he pops his head off, and then he puts his nose down. But now the retrieves are sloppy, and it's a game of keep-away. I've gone back to square one, which is a fewer retrieves with denials. I also do some simple retrieves in the hallway. Today I tried him on a check cord with very short retrieves. I used a fence behind me so he can't bolt past me. He's young, I know. I'm being careful not to overdo it, but I'm worried that the distractions will screw up his desire to retrieve to hand. Can you give me an idea what I should be doing to develop his retrieve at this stage with these distractions? Thanks again. I'm happy to be a part of your program. Now, that was a really good... This This guy has studied our stuff because he's... He spelled it out. Like he told me exactly what he's supposed to be doing and he's doing it. One of the things I said to him was, hey man, dog's 14 weeks old. You're probably further ahead than I would be with my dogs at 14 weeks old. This dog's doing a ton of stuff. Now, the idea of him picking up the sticks and walk on the off-leash walks in the woods, I know that gets frustrating. I have one that does it. Ignore it. I won't waste any time with it. That puppy is going to outgrow that. That is something that that puppy is going to realize that as long as it doesn't get attention, which is positive or negative, you're not giving him any added attention for that behavior, he'll phase it out because he's going to realize there's no really no reward other than it what I what I really like about hearing that is is the dog sounds like it's got a fantastic mouth. So your concern right now is his delivery. It sounds like it's it's I think you said in here Um, I know I'm being very careful not to overdo it, but I'm worried that these distractions will screw up his desire to retrieve the hand. What you're describing to me is a dog that has desire to hold and deliver. He's carrying stuff all the time. So what I like is what you have said. You've taken away some of the freedoms when you're working on stuff. What I think is probably happening here is you're doing too much stuff. What I would say is... Now we're back to 14 weeks old. This window of time that creates issues for people. I think your issue is different in that at 14 weeks old, you're almost doing too much, trying to do too much. So I'm going to give you the opposite of the other people. And I'm going to say, don't do more, do less better. And when it comes to this free walk stuff, you made a deal with Kathy, Kathy gets to walk the dog off lead. That's fine. As long as the dog isn't running away. And it sounds like you've done a nice job. And I'm assuming that you did not bring up recall. I'm assuming recall is probably not an issue. And I'd make sure that as long as she's doing this, you're you're holding up on your end of it to make sure that the dog is sticking with you, checking in. The idea of concern with retrieve, I would say is stop the retrieving for a while. I think it's probably too much. And so you're building, you're putting gas on a fire that's burning pretty hot and you don't need to. Let, let it get through this phase of picking up every single thing and annoying you with it. Let them get through that. And instead, I think I even said in my, my message to you back was, I'd make maybe like one or two retrieves a week with this dog. When I say one or two, I don't mean like one or two sessions. I mean like one or two retrieves. And I'd make sure that they're perfect. Don't do more, do less better is going to apply in this situation for its retrieving. It needs to be the perfect retrieve. So when I say perfect, it means I doubt you're having an issue with the dog going out, and I doubt you're having an issue with them coming back. I don't. I. Th- I think. Did you say something about keep away? Um, I'm getting all these messages mixed up. It you did say when I have him on lead, he pops his head off. Well, then, when he puts his nose down, now the retrieves are sloppy and a game. You say takeaway, but I'm thinking you're meaning keep away. But if it's keep away, change the situation to the hallway. Make the retrieves there. Once you're bulletproof in the hallway, find another hallway or something that looks like a hallway. I use my front porch. But do your two retrieves and make them perfect in controlled settings per week. And when I say the, the perfect part is make the delivery perfect. So when the dog comes back, if it's not perfect, then make it perfect. Adjust it, adjust it, adjust. I have dogs that I'm so picky about it when they're picking these dummies up. And this is the part of the dummies that I think is really important. I just made a post about this because the worst mouths I've ever seen from dogs consistently is dogs that retrieve plastic and rubber dummies. I'm telling you guys, I don't know what it is, but I think I know what it is. If you go to the pet store aisle and you look at the chew toys, tell me what they're made of. Nine out of 10 will be made out of rubber and plastic. Grab a rubber dummy and squeeze it. Then go to the the shrink's office, and when they hand you the stress ball, squeeze it. What does that do? It I'm telling you right now, when a, with a dog, p- putting pressure on a rubber and plastic dummy is like a stress ball for them. They're relieving tension by chomping, and it is habitual. It's like biting your nails. I bite my nails, and God, I wish I didn't. But when I was younger, I did it. And I can't kick the habit. And so when these dogs are young and they're mouthing dummies, watch them as they get older. When you put the plastic and rubber dummies in, watch them chomp. The other thing to watch is how they hold them. Cigar holding? I've never, I've never seen one of my dogs pick up one of our dummies like a cigar, ever. It's the way they're designed. It's the shape and the size. And what they, do, what they will do is if they bring it into me and it's not centered, if their mouth is not centered, and that dummy is not balanced. Now, part of the thing that I, I weight are dummies. I weight them on the end. So it makes the dog have to balance it. It's intentional, guys. It's not an accident. It's weighted on one end. It helps me throw it a little bit further and it helps me throw it with more accuracy. It cuts through the wind. It's like a lawn dart. If you, I'm aging myself a bit when I say lawn darts. But lawn darts, they're banned. People died from them. But they were, it was a great game. I think my grandma and grandpa had a set of them. I know they did. I wish we still had them. But they're weighted on the end. So I've, I made the dummies like a lawn dart. There's a little bit of weight on the, on the one end, the non-loop end, the non-throwing loop end. When the dogs pick it up, if they don't pick it up properly, it will tip out of their mouth. and that's Then they got to fight it. It's uncomfortable. When they pick it up in the center or slightly off centered to the weighted side, it sits in their mouth and it balances like a shotgun, like a well-balanced shotgun. That's intentional. So those dummies make it so that the dog, by habit from the beginning, picks them up properly. And if they bring it back to me, it's not perfect. You'll see this in every video I do with my dogs. When they come in and it's not perfect, I adjust it. I oftentimes will adjust it, make them hold it, tell them they're good, take it away from them, and then give it right back to them. And I put it right back into their mouth the perfect way. And so After you do something over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, they can't help. They don't miss. And so those training dummies make all the difference for me, I think, in consistently developing good delivery and good mouths. Your dog sounds like it's got a great mouth, like it wants to have stuff in it. Teach it how to carry stuff. Teach it how to carry stuff the right way. From the very beginning. And with you, you don't have to do it very often because you've got a dog that wants to over-retrieve anyway. So that means you do even less. And at 14 weeks old, I think I also mentioned in there, I don't even know that I'm so worried about steadying them up yet. Like if if I think the steady the the steadiness can come, I wouldn't you mentioned denials in there. I'm not throwing a ton of denials early on. Um, I'm not saying you can't do them at all, because I do them, I do them a bit. I'll build them in a little bit, but at 14 weeks, depending on the puppy, you know, at 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 weeks, I'm holding off on some of that stuff. I'll do it a little bit, but not a lot. And so I don't know what volume you're doing it on, but um, if you're only making two, what I would say is make two retrieves a week. And so you're not going to be doing very many denials. You don't want to you don't want to over denial a 14 week old puppy. I don't think that's smart either. So. I'd make I'd make your retrieves good, and you can. And when I say that, now you're going Now everyone's gonna say, "Well, I saw videos. You steadied up those puppies." Yeah, I steadied. I'm steadying up uh, Millie. I've been steadying her up for a couple of weeks now, like more formally. I put the adjustable leader collar on her, and I actually hold onto it. And if she breaks, I correct her. Like she feels it on her neck. But prior to that, I just reached my arm out around them and held onto their chest. And if they lunged, I just had a hold of them. And I just waited a split second till they didn't lunge, and then I'd let them go. I use the um, I used our little pocket leads, and I I drape the pocket lead over the front of the dog and have it held. And then as soon as I let the dog wanted to send the dog, I would just drop one side of it and let them run. We just did a seminar. Um, I'll have Ben probably break that out of it too. But we did a seminar at a waterfall uh, show a couple weeks ago, and I showed how I steady the. How I'm just starting to steady up these young puppies. I'm not doing it with rain because rain doesn't have nearly the desire to retrieve that Millie does. So I, I don't care if rain breaks. In fact, I encourage her to break at times because I'm trying to get the fire to burn a little hotter. So here they are, they're litter mates, they're the exact same two dogs and I'm taking two different approaches. So now we're back guys to this circling it full circle here. Four different people that have call, uh, written in with questions, varying questions, they're all a little bit different, but they're all in that window of age of dogs. And they're all in that window when problems seem to oftentimes show up. And it's because the puppies are changing. And so you have to change with them. And so my example with Millie and Rain is I'm changing with each session and each interaction with those dogs because they're two different dogs. And they're developing at two different rates. And so my, my training is changing accordingly. And that's the, that's the thing that when you can start to understand that, which takes yourself stepping out of the, the situation. you got to take a step back and look in on it and realize, well, what, what are these clues that I've missed? And what are the clues I should start not missing in the future, but how can I start to read the dog and make my adjustments and recognize that, you know, for the first four weeks we did this, and now something's changed, so i got to do something different and for the first 4 weeks maybe you did this and it didn't work and if you kept doing it for 4 weeks you got a problem. So for those first 4 weeks you might have tried something and it didn't work. Well by day 3 I hope you changed. Cuz if you didn't change, you're going to have 4 weeks of problems that are been ingrained in because of the routine and schedule that I preach about so often but you just had the wrong routine, the wrong the scheduling was consistent, was consistently poor. You got to make it good. So I hope this one helps some people in that window of time with their dogs. Um, Again, I'm not a, I don't care about age. I don't care about length or duration or time, hardly at all. But it's a consistent thing that I'm seeing here recently with folks that are having struggles in this window. And uh, we'll probably title this one something about, you know, that window of of age. And it doesn't, it's not just necessarily limited to that because this could be, your dog might be experiencing this stuff earlier. It might be experiencing this window of stuff later and you can apply the same idea to it. But the, the, because I'm seeing so many things, so many uh, questions and concerns coming up around dogs that are around the 15 week old range, which could be three, four weeks, one way or the other of that, um, I thought we'd talk about it specifically. The dogs are gonna change and you have to change with them. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed this. I hope this helps you. If you would do me a favor, if you've listened to it this long, I appreciate it. Uh, if you've listened to any of our podcasts before, I really appreciate that. If you would do us a favor, guys, I don't ask very much. Um, and, and that's intentional, because I don't I don't want to use these as that, that I don't want to use these like that. I, we don't want to run ads on it. We don't want to do I don't it's not it's not it's not my reasoning for doing podcasts. I hope these help people. That's why we do them. And the best way that we can do that is to be able to help more people by having more people listen to it. And the best way that a small company like ours with very limited resources and understanding of how to market the best way, because admittedly that is not our strength, is organically sharing it. And so one of the best ways that that it is the best way that you could help us is by sharing sharing this with someone who you think it would help and or leaving us some type of a rating or comment or, um, I don't even know what they call them, review, I suppose, but on whatever it is you're listening to, whether it be Apple Music or um, Spotify or wherever it is you're, you're consuming your podcasts, most of them have a way of rating it. And if you could leave a review for us or in a rating, I'd really appreciate it. And it, the idea with that is it does exactly what we're trying to do. It allows for more people to be exposed to it. Hopefully we help more people. So thank you guys so much for everything. Uh, We'll continue to do these and good luck in your training, especially as we come into fall here because we're just getting into some hunting seasons and it is the greatest time of year to be in the woods with your dog. Best of luck everybody.